So Money Episode 1081, Lisa Woodruff, author of the new book, The Paper Solution, What to Shred, What to Save, and How to Stop It from Taking Over Your Life. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Whenever emergency medical staff, hospitals, doctors see the emergency binder that we have or the free medical printables that we're making available during COVID, I mean, there have been nurses who have cried. They're like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what to do. I can just start treating this patient. Raise your hand if you want to have less paper clutter in your life. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. They say we live in a paperless society, but we are drowning in paper in this country. Just look no further than your kitchen, your office, your bedroom. There are boxes, there are drawers filled with paper, kitchen counters, desks, dining rooms cluttered with mail and newspaper. If you've stacked all the paper the average family uses in just one year. Get this, the piles would be as tall as a two-story house. 43% of Americans call themselves disorganized. And you may not think it impacts your bottom line, but organization is a path to saving money and having more clarity in your life, including your financial life. Our guest today is Lisa Woodruff, who has solutions for us all. She's the author of the brand new book, The Paper Solution, What to Shred, What to Save, and How to Stop It from Taking Over Your Life. Lisa is a friend of the show. She was on episode 600. Today, she is back with her new book and a new world to talk about organization, the importance of keeping necessary documents in the event that you have to say, go to the hospital. What should you have? What should you prepare? Her advice has never been more important, and we're so happy that she's joined us. Here's Lisa Woodruff. Lisa Woodruff, welcome back to So Money. It's been three years. How are you? Time flies, doesn't it, Farnoosh? It feels like it's been three minutes. Uh, a lot's gone on and exciting for you. You have a book out. I, people, Lisa and I first connected through my workshop, Book to Brand, mm-hmm. years ago. And she was a woman with a plan. And, you know, I was just uh, lucky enough to uh, get the chance to meet you and point you in a few directions, but you really just are so self motivating and you did what you planned to do, which was to execute a book, a published book. And here we are three years later. And, you know, books take time. So mm-hmm. you've been busy since. The product of that is this amazing book called The Paper Solution, which I want to dive into because so many of us are overwhelmed with paper clutter in our lives. Now more than ever, I think it's really starting to irk us since we're home all of the time now. And that yep. that over flowing file cabinet is really taking a toll. How have you been personally, Lisa, all these three years? Well, let's just take the last, you know, six months. I like to check in with my guests and just understand how they have been impacted or just what, what's been going on. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I would say when COVID hit, I was concerned for my team. I was concerned for our community. I was concerned for my family as everyone was. 
And after a few weeks realizing that my team was safe, my family was safe, I immediately was like, well, everybody just got put in time out in their house and I help you organize that. So game on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we were saying that, and that's, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. I've had a number of authors come on the show in the last six months and it's always difficult to roll out a book, as you know. I mean, getting it, uh, getting people to care about it, getting people to pay attention, getting the media to write about it, getting people to buy it. And in this climate, it, your book, you, it could fall really flat, you know, like maybe it's not the book that everybody wants to read right now because of what we're experiencing. Your book, however, I think it's kind of the perfect storm for it to arrive. Tell us about how your book is being received in the context of the world today. It just came out. That's really exciting. Yeah. So the paper solution on bookstores, um, August 4th. So it'll be out when you hear this. I would say it's very similar to how it was received at Book to Brand three years ago. So if you remember, I pitched the paper solution Mm -hmm. and you and the team were like, okay, but could it be a decluttering book? Could it be this? Mm -hmm. Could it be that? And I went through the whole weekend with everyone and they were like, oh, maybe you could pitch it this way. Maybe you could change it a little bit this way. And by the end of the weekend, you and everyone else was like, we need a book on paper. Like we need a book on paper. And at that event, I met my book agent and I met my future publisher. Wow. And so I went home and I wrote the entire book and I kept building the brand and I kept building out the team and the physical products and then approached, um, year and a half ago, I guess I approached the book agent. She was like, Oh my gosh, this is all I hear about. We need to organize paper. Like it was almost like my idea was a little bit too early. Yes. And then everybody kind of caught up and then, um, my, there was actually a bidding war over a paper book. I was kind of shocked. Wow. <laughs> I was like really shocked. And then we ended up with Putnam, a division of Penguin Random House. I'm super excited. And they were like, Lisa, everybody's talking about paper. And the thing about paper, Farnoosh, is it is so easily ignored. Like you can shove it in a drawer, cabinets, basements, storage units, attics. You can shove it and hide it. And when you really start to pull it out of all the crevices, you realize oh, I have so much paper. But you always need paper when you're in a crisis, right? Like you, you owe it. Any life altering event or crisis will involve money and paper every single time in the United States, at least it will maybe not in other countries, but we are a very paper oriented country, divorces, weddings, births, deaths, all of them involve paper. And so while we're home and, you know, we've cleaned out the underwear drawer and we've cleaned out the kitchen and we're still looking around the house, we go, Hmm, well, is this the time to tackle the paper? And the thing I will say is it's important and it's urgent, but it is not uh, in your face and it is not an easy organizational task. It's one that will take months. It will take you, you know, it could be your winter of organizing paper. It feels amazing when it's done. And when you're ready to do it, you need a step-by-step tutorial because everything out there before this book was either digitize it all, which I don't even know how you would do that, or put it in filing cabinets, which, okay, fine. But how do you take a filing cabinet if you're evacuating for an earthquake or a hurricane, or you have to take your medical records with you somewhere? How do you, it's not portable. It needs to be portable. So can you go through the list of the most essential paper documents that everyone should have in their home? And then if there's anything that falls out of these items, maybe we can recycle them? Yep. There are only five categories. 
And that I think is what is so freeing to people. They're like, oh, thank goodness no one's ever told me the categories before. So number one is your actionable paper. Like you have little kids, Farnish. They're making you drawings. I do. Wait, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're making you drawings and worksheets and they have school papers and, and agendas that you print off. And there is a lot of paper around kids, but also mail that comes in and just things you print off, emails you print off. There's a lot of paper and actionable to-dos. That I have in the Sunday basket. Everybody understands their kitchen countertop paper pile. That's one kind of paper, actionable paper that you'll never file away because it has to, something has to happen to it and then it'll be filed or it'll be trashed. So that's number one. And then there are really only four, maybe six categories of filed paper, which I actually put in binders. And those are financial papers, medical papers, household reference papers related to your house, like if you rent or if you own. Household operations papers, which are related to your family, like holidays, celebration, pets, vacations, things like that. And then the optional categories are for kids. If you have kids artwork, and then if your kids have an IEP or a special need that would be related to school, six binders, one box, that's all you need. And by the way, speaking of kids art, I was scrolling on Instagram and I I caught the bait. <laughs> there was this ad for this company called Archive, A R T K I V E. They basically you they send yep. you a box pre-labeled, you put all your kids artwork in it, the paper artwork, then they image scan it and put it into a beautiful book. They send you back the paper artwork as well as this book and then you can also pay up for cool, right? And it was like I got between cool. I, I had a coupon and I think it came to like 20 bucks, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, mine's just a binder with um, sheet protectors in it. You slide all the kids' artwork in it and they literally just flip through a binder. You've been in this market for decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us about the growth and the growth opportunities that you see in the organization space. I mean, clutter is a huge market, but but paper is so big that you've even been able to create an entire career out of just the paper aspect of this. Yes. So what the publishers really liked when they saw the paper solution was it wasn't just me and Organize 365 in the book, but I actually have a certification program. And there are two levels of certification. You could be Sunday Basket certified, where you help people set up this kitchen counter filing system that you go through once a week and create the Sunday Basket habit that saves you five hours every single week by spending 90 minutes on Sunday doing this habit. And then the second part of the certification is in all of the paper, the binders, the Sunday basket and the work boxes that we have. And people literally travel and now they do it virtually to have paper organizing retreats. So it used to be a weekend away at a um, hotel and we will get back to those soon. And some areas of the country are still doing them. But all of our certified paper retreat organizers are having all day Saturday events. They're usually six hours and they're like $96. And you spend six hours on Zoom with all your paper around you with a professional organizer on there and a couple of other people and just learning about your paper and sorting it and getting your answers as you go. It is amazing. We need to convince my husband (laughs) to stop getting the paper of his bank statements every <laughs> single month. I'm like, what, babe, why are we getting it? You ne- he never opens it. It's always my thing where I get it. And then I have to, I'm nervous about throwing it out because I'm like, well, what if it's making me crazy? I don't organize husbands, Farnish. Uh, <laughs> great. Some paper that we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. money, cash, yeah, paper, and let's talk about that. And then let's talk about um, the newspaper. Okay. So these are two things that in our home, we have, we have cash always somewhere because you never know. 
Um, Agreed. And then the newspaper, we really pride ourselves in our subscription. Um, can we talk about like this optional paper? What are some things that you see people holding on to? Yes. So newspapers are great. Newspapers and magazines. Let's do that category. These are things that you want to read or aspire to be. And they are absolutely awesome. And you de- definitely can have as much of this paper as you want. I suggest you have a space for this paper, like a basket or a box. And when that is full, then it needs to be culled. So like, for example, let's say you get the New York Times physically delivered to you. Then you make yourself a rule. I'm allowed to have seven to 21 days of the New York Times. But when the box gets full and I need to cull, I go back to only seven days. I mean, the the news is obsolete after that anyway, unless there's a special one that you want to save for some reason. Um, And that will limit the amount that you have. But feel free to keep more than seven days worth. It's not something you have to stay on top of it constantly. And when you get to number eight, you're doing it wrong. It's just more like every month you want to make sure that you get down to like almost nothing in that basket so it can fill up and and feel free to get rid of those magazines or newspapers that you didn't read because they just didn't serve you at that time or you didn't feel like reading them. Just recycle them and move on. There you go. I usually... um We'll toss the newspaper, recycle the newspaper by Monday morning. I get the weekend New York Times, okay. um, but I do like to keep the magazines for a little bit longer. The magazine that's in the newspaper, I just, I want to, I want to somehow finish the whole crossword puzzle before <laughs> I depart with it. Talk to us a little bit about living in a pandemic and in the event that a family member needs to go to the hospital mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this is going to limit other family members' ability to join them. And the hospital is one place where you definitely need your paperwork with you. What can we expect in that scenario so we can prepare? Yes. So two things. One, when you're organizing your paper, often when you're going through your filing cabinets, et cetera, you're looking at what you can get rid of. But what I found in the paper solution and in truly creating an archival reference of your paper, there's a lot that is in your head or on your computer that is missing in your paper. And so, like, for example, for medical, almost everything you would say when you go into a hospital is not actually on a piece of paper in your filing cabinet. So it's hard for someone to grab that and take it with you because they don't know um, what medications you're allergic to, what your family history is, what surgeries you've had in the past, uh, what special diets you're on. Like none of that is written down anywhere. You can grab people's medications out of their bathrooms, but also just having all of that written down is so helpful for peace of mind for the person who is dropping you off, peace of mind for the person who's being checked in. But more than I realized, peace of mind for the emergency medical staff. Whenever emergency medical staff, hospitals, doctors see the emergency binder that we have or the free medical printables that we're making available during COVID, I mean, there have been nurses who have cried. They're like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what to do. I can just start treating this patient. It's not trying to get information out of someone who's having a heart attack or having a hard time breathing or who's gone unconscious or who's not thinking clearly and can't tell you the doses and the last time they took their medication. It's all on the paperwork. It is such a relief for the medical staff. And I didn't realize how much they liked that information as much as we like taking it in. And the majority of your medical information is in your head. And also, if you're thinking, well, but the medical community is digital, so my records are digital, yes and no. So there is a law that your medical records need to be digital for the last seven years, but only seven years. So if your medical records are beyond seven years old, they are not digitally kept somewhere, probably. And also, they only need to be digitally held at your pediatrician or your doctor or your oncologist or whatever that doctor is. It doesn't mean that 
everybody can get into each other's systems. They can't get into each other's medical records. So if you go to a hospital out of town or out of network and it's not where your regular doctor is, they can't necessarily get into your medical records and find that through their system just because it's digital doesn't mean it's accessible. And you have a free download where mm-hmm. if you are someone listening and you want to just get this squared away, this aspect of your organization mm-hmm. squared away, tell us how we can access that. Yep. Just go to organize365.com slash emergency. It's 11 pages. It will be everything that you need. Lisa, why do you think that the paper aspect of organization often gets overlooked as far as the, the media, I mean, we, we know Marie Kondo's book, for example, The Art of uh, Tidying Up, so popular, but didn't even talk about paper. It was more about like where to put mm-hmm. your, your furniture and how to decide which clothes, clothing items to get rid of. Um, is it just not sexy or do we assume that we're all digitized by now? I, I think it's so many things. So first of all, do you know in Japan, they don't even have birth certificates? They're all digital. Like they, it's oh. not a paper-based country. So why would she, she just says, get rid of all of it because there's no need to have paper in mm-hmm. Japan. And so she doesn't understand how paper-based America is. Like if you want to get your driver's license that is compliant to fly in the United States, you need to find your social security card, your birth certificate, and bring in a paper copy of a utility bill. Like <laughs> we're paper-based. I don't know what to tell you. We're paper-based. Also what you've heard about organizing paper up until now is if it's paper, only touch it once. Have you heard that rule? Which doesn't work. Um, You should file it. You should use color-coded files, but doesn't tell you what files or how to retrieve that information. Um, Or you should digitize it, but they never teach you to call it and how to organize it before you digitize it. And that's great for you. But then how does your spouse or your parents or your kids or somebody else access your digital records? And how do you share that with a doctor, with a school administrator, with a lawyer um, in person. Paper is complicated. Like so many of my certified organizers are professional organizers that have been professional organizers for over a decade, but they never knew how to tackle the paper because there was no step-by-step-by-step format for tackling paper. No one has really tackled this before. I don't know mm. why I have this weird knowledge, I but, know. but I do. <laughs> Once I could categorize it into these simple categories, and make it a binder instead of a whole huge filing cabinet, it just made it so much easier. Not simple. I mean, it takes a long time to get through all your paper, but when you're done, it is very simple and easy to maintain. You think the problem is keeping more than we need or the problem is not keeping everything in the right place? What's the what's the crux of the problem? I think the problem is thinking that everything we need is on paper and 50% of it is in your head. So my binders that I sell actually come with these thick workbooks in them. So you're finding information in your filing cabinet and also pulling information out of your head and online. So it's literally a complete representation of the financial binders, everything you need to settle in a state, the medical binders, everything that you need to be the power of healthcare um, or a caregiver. It's that combination of your intellectual property, your digital assets and your physical papers in one location that you can use as a powerful lobbying and um, advocating thing for people. If you're in a meeting with a binder and they ask you a question and you pull out a piece of paper, everyone pays attention to you. If you're in a meeting with a bunch of professionals and you say something and they don't think you're right, they don't think you're, they don't believe you until you can pull that piece of paper out. So you need to have, um, you need to have that paper and you need it to be portable, one, to advocate for people and two, for evacuations. You said that there is a hurricane coming. Can you get all of your paper out with your kids? I mean, you have warning. You know the hurricane's coming. Mm -hmm. If they told you to evacuate today, 
could you take everything? Now you may be all digital based on your generation. And, uh, but most people are not, most people are not all digital and they evacuate and they leave the paper behind. You have written that disorganization is demoralizing. There's an emotional component yeah. to giving up stuff. It's part of what the whole book of Marie Kondo's book was about, was like, you know, kissing your stuff goodbye, like thanking your things. Is there an emotional component to the paper part as well? Uh, do you find that um, some things are just too sentimental to give up? Too sentimental and remind you of goals that were never achieved, um, things that were lost. Like in our paper, we have information of pets that have been passed. You know, I had all of my infertility bills and paperwork and I never was able to get pregnant. I was blessed with two children through adoption, but you run into all that kind of paperwork. And when you're by yourself organizing paperwork and you run into that paper and you don't even really know how to organize the paper, it's so easy to give up and just leave wherever the paper is and just live in the rest of the house and shove it back in the drawer again. Um, it's very easy to get derailed in your paper organizing because there's not a big bang at the end where if you go into the storage room and, oh, he gets stuck in all this stuff. But when you're done, you look at all these trash bags and you feel so fulfilled. You can literally spend hours sorting paper and end up with one or two piles of shredded paperwork. It does not feel the same as, you know, 15 bags that are going to Goodwill. We might have covered this in your first interview, which was back in July of 2017, episode 600, if anyone's <laughs> interested. What was the personal motivation for getting into this business? Was there a personal mm -hmm. experience that you had? You learned the hard way about the importance of paper organization? A hundred percent. So my parents got divorced when I was in my mid thirties. My father was ill for about nine months and then he passed away. And so my sister and I were power of healthcare for him while he was sick and power of attorney. And then when he passed away, I was the executor of the estate. And so I'm a Googler. <laughs> so I Googled, give me a book, give me a checklist, give me an anything. And hospice is great for helping you deal with your family member as they are passing away. Like the care of my father was never the problem, but figuring out like, that I was supposed to transfer the house into transfer on death so it didn't go through probate. Luckily, a family friend told me about that or the cars or like we would hear things here and there from people who are like, oh, have you done this? Have you done that? But there was no checklist. And I felt so guilty going through his paperwork because my mom was still alive and her paperwork was still in there too because she had left the house and hadn't gotten all of her stuff. So I felt like I was violating their privacy, but I had to go through all of the paperwork and his computer and find all of the information and not even all of the divorce stuff had been settled. There were four different lawyers he had when he passed away and there was just so much to do and I was not prepared and there was no book or checklist out there to help me. And so two years later, I sat down with a friend who had a similar experience. And that's where we came up with the medical binder and the financial binder. If you have someone that you have to be the power of healthcare, just use that as your playbook, fill it out. You'll have everything you need to care for them medically. And then the financial one was everything that I needed to plan the funeral, to settle the estate, to sell the house. All of those things were all in there. Now, obviously I use those as a living person today, but if somebody needed to advocate for me as power of healthcare or power of attorney, they would have everything that they need. And it's literally nowhere on the market. Like it's, it doesn't exist. You have to figure it out on your own as if no one has ever done this before yet. Everyone in their life will do this at some point. Like I was like, mm -hmm. how, how can something that everyone will do at some point in their life, not have a playbook, not have a roadmap, not have a binder that you can get that would just walk you through that. 
think for a lot of people, it's the overestimation of time that it would take. It's like, oh, if I, I'm never going to finish this or I don't even know where to begin. But also it's kind of, it takes you to a dark place. Like we don't even want to get, we don't even buy life insurance for this reason right. because we don't want to think about the, op, the possibility of sudden death. Walk us through that and maybe convince us that this is not as much time as we think. And this is not as emotional as we may assume. It is as emotional as you think, and it will take time. It will not take as much time for the person settling your estate to do it. And I have no problem convincing people who are baby boomers or older to do this. They do it in a heartbeat because they have watched people or they themselves have settled their parents or grandparents' estates and they know how hard it was. And you're already like, imagine I have two kids with special needs. I'm 38. We're in the Great Depression. This is 2009. My dad passes away. It's four hours away. I need to settle this estate, plan a funeral, travel home, sell everything in this house. Like I had to do all of that emotional and physical time and go through the filing cabinet, figure out what I need, meet with four different lawyers. And can I just tell you how much that was dollar per hour? And then I didn't have the information the lawyers needed. So I had to go back and go back through the filing cabinet. It cost me so much more time and money the way I did it than if my dad had had his binder filled out for me. And Anyone who's gone through this experience is like yelling into their <laughs> iPod right now. <laughs> Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. You'll save them so much time. And I know for anyone that's a baby boomer or older, they're like, yes, I do not want my children to have to go through the burden of going through all of my paperwork and wondering what I would do or wondering what this is. And they see it as a gift that they're passing it on. Is. It's harder for us that are, you know, younger to think about it because we don't want to think about the possibility. But I mean, I have a living will. I have a trust. I, I do have life insurance. Like it's one of those things that you do as an adult. It's called adulting yep. people. Sorry. And it is the best gift you can give your family. It's generous. It's thoughtful. If you want to feel like you can die with a good conscience. But you That's... don't have to die. Like, so, right. like I use my financial binder every month. My household <laughs> reference binder, I use constantly. Like the water was fixed last week and the tree has to be trimmed and the squirrel was in the attic. And I'm constantly checking things in these binders all the time. So it's for you today, but ultimately it is everything that would be needed to care for you if you were sick or if you passed away. But but it's how you live your life today and organize life today it saves you so much time. It's just this added benefit that um, everything is set up and ready to go if need be. All right. With our remaining minutes, Lisa, share with us one step we can all take today to get more paper organized in a, in a way that really matters most, I'd say, in, in the times that we're living. So the, this is going to seem odd to you, but <laughs> grab a stack of index cards or cut up pieces of paper. And just sit down and put every single to-do that you have in your mind on paper until you can't think of another one. And start to take the thoughts in your head of things that need to be done out and put them on paper like they're on playing cards. And then just sort through those. And as your energy flows, get those things done. Get your ideas out of your head and onto paper and start looking at all papers around you as actionable ideas and to-dos that you can move around and get accomplished in different batches and different chunks of time and free up your mind to do the creative thinking it was meant to do. Lisa Woodruff, thank you so much. So the book is called The Paper Solution, available widely. Congrats again. I'm, I'm, can I say I'm proud? I'm proud. Right. I'm honored. All of You're it. You're thanked in the book, Farnish. So thank you so Aww. much. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
for a step-by-step system for cutting through the clutter, check out The Paper Solution, available where all books are sold. And Lisa's website is organized365.com. You can download her free emergency medical printables, and you can try out her 100-day home organization program for free for a week. All this information, including the links, is on somanypodcast.com. You can also share the audio and grab the transcript. If you've got a question for our Friday episodes, click on Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you back here on Friday for Ask Farnoosh. I hope your day is so money. Money.